very uh, honoured to be here to share with you guys. I don't, no one here knows me, but um, I hope by the end of this day today that we'll know each other really, really well. Um, I send greetings from Cambodia. Uh, wherever I go, the team goes with me in my heart, in my spirit. And so I'm here, they are here with me, and they give their greetings to you guys. When I go back to Cambodia, you guys will go with me, in my heart, in my spirit. And, um, and uh, we are one family in Christ. It doesn't matter who we are, where we are, we are one family in Christ. And, uh, and so and we love, uh, the guys in Cambodia just love, love everybody who even thinks and prays or, you know, knows about them. And, and, and over there, and they appreciate just everything everyone does so much. Um, I do too. So today I'm going to talk a little bit, I'm going to mix things up a little bit, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Cambodia and a little bit about the Word of God. Um, my last year, last couple of years in Cambodia, God has shown me so many things that I hope I can touch on just a little bit with you today. At the same time, I'm sharing you, with you uh, about life in Cambodia and a few things like that. Before I share, I would like to pray too, is that okay? So just uh, join with me in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for this day, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for the chance I have to come here, Lord, to share with these people, Lord, to, Lord that we can share together, Lord, in your work, and your ministry that you do, Lord, that you can open our hearts more and more to the world, the world that needs you so desperately. And Lord God, we just pray, Lord God, that your word today, Lord God, that you'll touch hearts, Lord God, touch minds today, Lord, that you'll encourage us as we go into the next year, Lord, to do more, to be more in your name. And Lord, I commit what I have to say to you today. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless my words, Lord, that the Holy Spirit speaks through me today. In Jesus' name. Okay. Anyone here been to Cambodia? By any chance? Anyone here? Hands up. No one? One? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't introduce my mum and my dad over here. They have actually been. They came over and visited me over in Cambodia. But there's one, one person here. You've been to Cambodia. Okay, so one person will understand some things I talk about. Uh, this is a map of Cambodia. I'm gonna just do a, I've got a red eye thing on here. This is so cool. My first time to use something like this. See where that star is just there? That's where I live. Uh, if you don't know Cambodia, the capital city is here. This is the capital. And I'm about 100k north of the capital in, uh, in Cambodia. I've been there for two years as, as um, Selwyn Red. Uh, I've been in Cambodia for five years already. My last two years were in this place. Before that, I was further north. I was up here somewhere. Uh, yeah, a place called Badambong, up in the countryside. Um, I've only had one year in the capital. I much prefer the countryside. Do you guys like the countryside? Yeah, yeah much better than cities, isn't it? Yeah. So I tell you, if I come back to live in, in Australia, I'll be in the countryside somewhere. Maybe I can come here to Colwack. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the countryside. so much better than the city. So I've been there for five years. Now, if, so the one person who's been here might know a little bit about the history. Does anyone here know the history of Cambodia? Anyone know the history? A little bit? Yeah. Uh, the history is in a lot of countries. has had a lot of civil war and things going on there. Um, let's do this. Oh, sorry, it's my family. I didn't get this part. Sorry, I live with a pastor. So on the on the right there is um, yeah, right yet yeah, for years is the pastor and his family that I live with. Um, and I have a young girl who lives with me too, and she's uh, my I call her my daughter, but um, 
So that's where I live and that's who I live with. Okay, apart from, like, there's been a lot of civil unrest probably for many, many, many years in Cambodia. When the Vietnam War was on, of course, a lot of that spilled over into Cambodia, so they were affected by the Vietnam War. But then in 1975, a guy named Pol Pot rose up, offering hope to his nation, but it wasn't. Um, he took control. The moment he took control, he emptied out the city, kicked everyone out of the city, turned them out to the fields to work as labourers in the field. He killed anyone who of any kind of intelligence, so teachers, doctors, anything like that. He killed them because they might know what he's really up to and, and rise up or rise up against him because they, you know, stand against him. So he killed a lot of people. So he destroyed a lot of that nation. The people that were left were left to work in the fields, make the rice, grow the rice fields. They lived on, and we like Cambodians in our church, and they would tell you, they would get a bowl full of rice water with maybe three or four grains of rice in it. That's what they lived on. That's what the soldiers gave them. That's what the government gave them to, to eat. Otherwise, if you, again, if you know, they eat all kinds of bugs and insects. Why? Because that's all they had. So they eat spiders, crickets. Crickets are really nice, by the way. If you go to Cambodia, crickets are good. Um, spiders, I'm not going to go there. No. <laughs> Other bugs too, but they're a bit squishy for me. I don't like them. Crickets are crunchy, so that's all right. Um, but yeah, so that's what they would... Because they'd have to go and find food, and that's what they would eat, whatever they could find. So these guys are good. They remind me a little bit of the Aboriginals, because I, I went to one girl's house for lunch once. They're poor people. don't have anything to... They can't and go and buy a whole lot of food. She goes off to the, the forest, picks a bunch of vegetables and stuff from the forest and cooks them up. Beautiful meal. But that's because of where they've been. Because their lives have been destroyed in the past. And that's, that's more than 20 years ago now, nearly, nearly, nearly 40 years ago now. It's taken a long time for, that to, for them to recover from that. I can remember watching a video that was taken by, I think, the Red Cross just after um, Vietnam overthrew Pol Pot in 79, and a video that was taken, there's people lying everywhere sick and no doctors. There's just no doctors, there's no medical stuff, there's no nothing to help them. It was horrible to see, it's heart-wrenching to see the things that these people have been through. And although it's, it's 40 years on now and things are, are better, but it's still heart-wrenching because I see when I live in the countryside, I see the effects of education and medical stuff that's still there. They still struggle with uh, doctors, you know, they don't trust the doctors. The doctors, if they don't have the money or the doctors, in the, especially in the countryside, don't always have the proper qualifications. And they'll treat them for the wrong things and they can end up dying from being treated for the wrong things. So they don't trust their doctors. If they don't have money, doctors won't treat them. And uh, it's, it's a really hard situation. And then education up until now has been pretty hard too. Don't, it's not that good education system. Um, and so you still see the after effects of all those things in Cambodia. Oh, sorry, that's my phone. Ta -da! Can you turn my alarm off, Mum? <laughs> Actually, can you pass me my phone? Um, I can't imagine the, the lostness that they would have felt back then. I see, I see even today in Cambodia, I see lostness, I see helplessness, hopelessness. I see it in many countries. And uh, like even here in Australia, there's still plenty of hopelessness here. 
It's a dark world we live in. It's a dark time. And even though things get better, but we still live in darkness and hopelessness. Without Christ, without Christ in our lives, things are pretty bleak wherever we are. And I know even here, I hear things that are going on here and it just breaks my heart to see the darkness that's here in Australia. You know, the Bible talks a lot about darkness. Darkness and light. And so I want to talk to you about today. It's something that's been on my heart for a while now. Darkness and light. And there's a verse in the Bible that has been on my mind for a little while, especially Christmas. It's Christmas time. And it's a, Christmas, it's a, it's a verse that we might read at Christmas time. Although, often we skip over this verse to some f- verses that are a bit further down. So Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9. Chapter 9, verses 1 through to 7. Some of us might know 6 and 7 very well. But I want to focus particularly on verse 2. But I'll read you more than that. I'll, let me just open up here. I'll read from verse 1. I'm reading... That's, that on there is an International Standard Version. I'm going to read from the New Living. From verse 1, it says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will soon be humbled, but there will be a time in future where Galilee of the Gentiles which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light, a light that will shine on all who live in the land where death casts its shadow. Anyone recognise this voice, verse? Yeah? It actually was brought to my light, to my, to my attention this year. And one of the things I do in Cambodia is I go around with a team of pastors and leaders and we go from, they have a lot of, we have 26 house churches and uh, so the, the leadership team go from house to house church to house church leading worship and teaching the Bible and I go with them and what they do, they'll read a chapter of the Bible and then they'll talk about it and so where they get stuck, I, I step in and help them because these guys are passionate about God, they don't always have the great understanding of the Bible so I help them with understanding uh, in the word of God. And this one day uh, they were reading Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, around verse, where is it? And verse 15, 16, uh, Matthew is quoting Isaiah, saying, because Jesus', Jesus uh, ministry started in Galilee, in uh, Capernaum. And says, this was to fulfill what the prophet Isaiah said that, about Naphtali and Zebulun, uh, these places. And we're reading this, this chapter and the girls are going, what? what's his verse about? We don't understand. And I'm like, what's that? And I'm looking at it going, oh, I hadn't noticed this verse before. But I uh, then went on to talk about, oh, because it's talking about the Saviour. And realised that, I said, the, the verses later on, are uh, the verses that says, for unto us a child is born. And his name will be Wonderful Counselor, uh, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's just down further. But we don't sort of see this one above that says, the people who walked in darkness will see a great light. Yeah? Those living in a land of deep darkness, a light has shone upon them. And like I said, there's darkness. The darkness in this verse, and this verse is referring to, um, if you look at actually chapter 8, the judgment on Israel and, and on Israel. Isaiah's prophesying that, prophesying that Israel's going to be destroyed. They're going to be completely destroyed. They're going to be uprooted and moved out. The Assyrian army will, will take over the whole 
wipe out the, 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 the country and take the people into exile. And it talks about a time of, at the last verse there, wherever they look, there will be trouble, anguish, dark despair. They'll be thrown out into the darkness. And it's talking about people, and this is people of God, they weren't worshipping God, they weren't doing, they weren't following God, they were following their own ways. They were worshipping idols. And one of the meanings of darkness is to the ignorance of spiritual things, the ignorance of God and his ways. And when we're walking in the darkness, when we're walking in ignorance of God, we do all kinds of wrong things. We don't know. We're, you know we can do wicked things and immoral things and all kinds of stuff that comes from walking in the darkness because we're walking in ignorance of what is true and right. And that's why I said, today I see here in Australia that there's a lot of laws that are being made because of the darkness, because they're walking in darkness and they don't know what's true and right. And so they make laws. They make laws. When we're in darkness, we, we do what we can. We try and find reason and, and meaning in whatever we can, whatever suits me. I had a conversation recently with my sister-in-law. My sister-in-law's not a Christian and we were discussing about uh, homosexuality. She was pushing her view on. And she, she wants, she's the kind of person who, uh, she wants to, to accept everything. But she, she, she's looking for truth, but she's looking for a truth that fits what she wants. And that's a lot of the world. We're looking for a truth that fits what I want. Well, I think this is right, so I've got to find the one that fits, fits that, as opposed to looking for absolute truth. The world denies absolute truth, but it's there. And if we don't have it, then we make up our own rules, and our own laws. We do things like Pol Pot, destroy people because we're living by our own, our own ways. And we destroy lives. There's another verse in the Bible that talks about darkness. Hold on a second, let me... I can't remember my next verse. My thing is, I've gone... Oh, that's my house church is there. <laughs> Another verse in the Bible that, uh, like, let's go right back to the beginning. Because right at the beginning, God introduces this thing of dark and light. Right at the beginning is a beautiful introduction to the hope of salvation. Genesis chapter, chapter 1, verse 2. For many, many years, I didn't quite understand Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. I understand from 3 down, God created everything. But verse 2 kind of got me stumped. I remember thinking, they're saying that the world was without shape and empty and darkness was over the surface of the watery deep. And I used to think, what the heck is darkness doing at the beginning? Isn't God the God of light? Why is there darkness? Until I heard someone preaching about it. And it was it just like a, a light <laughs> went on for me. You see, God's saying, here at the beginning, God's showing his work of salvation, his work of bringing order and things to what is a mess. He says, in the beginning, everything's a mess. There's no shape. There's chaos. It was empty. And there was darkness. There was darkness. But there's hope. What was the first... Kids, you can answer this question for me if kids are listening. What was the first thing God created? Anyone know? Yeah? Heavens and the earth, what, that's in the verse one. Yeah, what's, what's the first thing he said? Let there be light. light. See, right at the beginning, in the middle of chaos and darkness and mess, God says, 
let there be light. And God says, no matter where there is darkness, light will come. You know, and that's what we see in Isaiah. It says people walking in darkness, but, but they will see a great light. Life without Christ is darkness. God speaks the word. He speaks light. You know, Cambodia also was living in darkness. It's a place of darkness. In some ways, the darkness in Cambodia, you can see more than you can probably see here. It's one thing that's it's really challenged, challenged my faith. It's challenged what I understand about God and the Bible. Because you see, you see the darkness over there. So it's just in your face. And uh, I've been, a, like I said, I've been a Christian all my life, grown up in the church 40 plus years. But I feel like a new Christian sometimes <laughs> now. I love Jesus. I love God like, more than I ever have before because I see, I see the light and the darkness. I see how it transforms lives. I see the darkness in things like in Cambodia, the darkness, they worship spirits, really. If Cambodians will talk to you, they'll tell you they worship Satan. They don't know that. <laughs> As Christians, we know that. They worship spirits, they worship their ancestors. You can see over on the right there, like this is a massive altar. This lady, um, at the house that this belonged to, um, she, was, she did witchcraft in a sense. She did medicine in, in you know, giving you whatever, looking to the spirits and all kinds of stuff. And so she had, that was just one altar, massive, that was like, like almost floor to roof kind of size. She had probably three or four other altars in the house. She came to Christ because she was sick. She couldn't heal herself. She came to Christ because Christ heals. And Christ healed her. And she burnt, we, we burnt everything. We pulled down all those altars and burnt the whole lot. They worship, they worship Buddha, they follow, they follow the teachings of Buddha. They worship ancestors. They worship spirits. You see the photo in the middle there? You can see this little dummy thing. It's a bit like a scarecrow. Yeah. A bit like a scarecrow. Well, this is a scarecrow for spirits. And the story with this one is that uh, earlier this year, dengue, we had an outbreak of dengue fever. I don't know if anyone here knows what dengue fever is. It's very serious, it can be very serious sickness. Um, it, it's mosquito-borne and it attacks your platelets. And uh, if you get quite sick with it, it means your, your platelets drop, which means if you bleed, you might bleed out because you can't stop bleeding. Um, but it's very serious sickness. I, I, I got it myself. I wasn't too bad. I thank God it was taking care of me. I was mildly sick with it. But this is a village, and the village where this is is uh, where I teach. I teach English. I'll show you some photos later. I teach English to children in the afternoons. And at the time of the dengue breakout, you start seeing all these things, every house start putting up these, these like statues with swords or guns or whatever, like a, a dumb kid and a dolly can, can fight the spirits? Yeah, no. But that's how lost they are. That's the darkness that they walk in. They put these up to try and scare off the spirits of sickness. They're trying to protect their, their families. And they put these up. Fear and superstition is the darkness that I see in Cambodia. But I see when they come to Christ, and I see the, the, the light that shines 
in their lives because they find hope. They find purpose and meaning. They find healing and freedom. Freedom from these things that bind them. And no matter what darkness we were living in, what world we live in, it's binding. It's a bondage. Satan has us under his thumb. When we don't know what's true, he's like, gotcha. And he, he wrecks our lives. And he, well, what the Bible says, the thief comes to rob, kill and destroy. And he does. And he does it with things like this, all the lies and all the things he does, the darkness that we live in. And he's destroying, destroying lives through the darkness. And so I've learned, and I've just learned to really know what it means to trust God. I've learned what it means to, to know who I am. And yeah, that's the most important thing we've got to understand is who we are in Christ. That's another sermon. I'm not going anywhere. I've got to keep on to what I'm <coughs> talking about because I've got things to show. But light. So we've got this promise of light. In the beginning, God created light. It was the first thing he created. He broke the darkness with light. In Isaiah, he says, the people walking in darkness will see light. And when we read further down in Isaiah, we know what that light is. Yeah, because it says, for unto us a child is born, to us a child has been given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And who is he talking about? Jesus. Jesus is the light that shines. Jesus is that light. It is that salvation through his death and resurrection. He broke every power. He set, well, the Bible says that, he said himself, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to make the blind see, to bring, to set the captives free, to release the prisoners. That's what he did. That's what the light does. And even in, in Isaiah chapter 9, if we read further down verses 3 to 5, he says, and I'll read that for you, Israel will again be great. And its people will rejoice as people who rejoice at harvest time. They will shout with joy like warriors dividing the plunder. For God will break the chains that bind his people and the whip that scourges them. And he, as he did, just as he did when he destroyed the army of Midian through Gideon's little band. In that day, the peace, day of peace, battle gear will no longer be issued. Never again will uniforms be bloodstained by war. All such equipment will be burned. So here you've got this light. He's got this light coming in the midst of the gloom, the despair, the bondage. Light's going to shine. What's light going to do? It's going to break the chains. It's going to break the chains. It's going to set the people free. It's going to bring joy and peace. It brings life. It brings hope. And this is a prophecy, you know, Prophecies that were way before any of them went into exile. But God's saying, you're going to go into exile, but there is hope. There's always hope in everything. And even as Christians, sometimes our lives can be, we can see darkness in our own lives. We struggle with things. I know things like mental illnesses or depression or anxiety. These are darknesses for, even for us. We've got to find the light in those things. Or when things get tough financially with your families or if, with your kids, if they're going ways you don't want them to go. These are times of darkness for us. We can feel despair and we can find it hard to see, but we've got to look at the word of God and his light. He says, light is hope. 
light. It's life. It brings life to us. And we've got to find that light in the midst of all the darkness. John in the New Testament, John announces in John chapter 1, he announces Jesus. He announces Jesus as the Word, the Word that became flesh, the Word who was God, who was with God and was God, the Word through whom everything was created became life. And that, that light, in verse 4, in verse 4 it said that light, so that life gives light. If you actually know, in, in John chapter 1, he mentions light quite a lot because Jesus is the light. He's saying Jesus is that light at the beginning when God spoke light. Jesus is the light that's prophesied in Isaiah. Jesus is the light that's mentioned right through the Old Testament. Jesus is that light. And he said that light has come to live among us, that we will see the glory of God. You see, the light is the glory of God. We sang today, The Glorious Day. What a great song for what I'm talking about today. Yeah, he's, what's the words of the song? It has words? The glorious day? Uh, the chorus part. Out of the darkness into his glorious day, yeah? yeah. Out of the darkness into his glorious, yeah. Out of the darkness. What a great song. I think maybe we can sing it at the end. It's a good song. That God calls out of the darkness into his glorious day because the glorious day is light, it's glory, it's the glory of God, it's, a beautiful thing of freedom. You know, we are called. We are already called into life. Maybe you're here today and you're not yet. You don't know Jesus. But you hear me talk about light and you're going, yeah, I need that light. Whoa. You can run out of the darkness today. You can run out of that grave today into the glorious light of Jesus Christ, into hope, into purpose. But for those of us who already have, we are in the light already. It doesn't end there. It's why I do what I do. Because Jesus said, you are the light. So not only is Jesus the light, but when we step into the light, we become the light. And we must show that light to the world. Because we are in the light. We see the darkness. We see the lostness. You know, there's times when I... I can walk down a street or drive along a car and I'll see someone and I don't, I don't see them. I see lostness. I see hopelessness. That's what, it's like a, a God just shows me that there's times he shows me the lostness of people. There's times when I can stop and talk to them. There's times when I'm driving, I can't stop. It's like, it's, I don't know, don't know why God's showing me that. I pray for them. But I say, God, that person, bring the person along for them that can show them the light. Because I see it. There's times I see the darkness. I just, that's what I see. I don't see the person. I see their hopelessness, their lostness. And we are that light. We are that light. And we must show it. Jesus said, you don't grab a light and then put it under a, hide it. We don't go, this is my light. And we shine the light. Jesus shined the light. Jesus is the light. He's brought us into his light. We need to shine that same light to the people around us. There's a story I want to share with you, uh, uh, what I do in, um, so I do a lot of things in Cambodia. <laughs> so my, my main thing is teaching, um, teaching and training pastors, leaders, and teaching Bible schools and stuff. I go with the leaders, I, tra I, I help them in practical ways. But I also am reaching out to people. As I teach English, 
I'm not sure if I've got a photo here. We do outreaches, that's one way we do, sorry. As a team, we do outreaches, we help. You see a house that's burnt down there, we help people whose houses have been burnt down. This is us showing the light. They're not necessarily Christian. They don't have to be. But their lives have been destroyed through fire or whatever sickness. We pray for the sick. We see people healed of things that shouldn't be, that the doctors would say they can't. Like an example would be uh, one of the pastors, assistant pastors that I work with, a few years ago she got really sick. It shows you what the, doc- the doctors are like. She'd go to the hospital. She was having really bad headaches. She was vomiting as well, but she was having very bad headaches. And, uh, but the doctors are all looking at the stomach. They're x-raying her stomach and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, why are you not doing something about her head? She's having massive headaches. Like she couldn't almost see. She couldn't... It was really bad in the hospital. And she ended up so bad that she ended up uh, brain damaged, like she had like, tr- like, uh, injury on the brain, brain, uh, in- brain injuries. So much that she couldn't move. She was lying in the hospital. We took her down to a Christian hospital. They, they are saying at that point, because it's too late, they're saying it's pretty hopeless. And once we've got lots and lots of money and lots and lots of time, which we don't have, um, they, they couldn't do much for her. Um, but she had TB. They found that she had TB on the brain. And, um, but they were saying it was a pretty hopeless case. She couldn't move. She, she was aware enough of things around her, but she couldn't move. Literally, we had to and wash her head. You have to hold her head up, or she was just. They took her home, and they were praying for her night and day, night and day. The whole team at that church. Within weeks, she was up and moving around. Within months, she was healed. The 99 percent healed. And she, you saw her today. You wouldn't believe that that was her, because she doesn't look like it. This is the only trailing thing of that is that her memory sometimes gets a bit, she doesn't always remember, she gets tired easily. But apart from that, she is, she's walking, she, she's a miracle. And um, we help people. This is how, like, this is part of their light shining. But we do that with people who aren't Christians. They come to us, they're hopeless. And we pray for them, lead them to Christ. And they find victory in their lives and healing and hope. We share the gospel. I said, I teach English in a village I said, girl there, sorry. This is the girl here that I was just talking about. That's her before, that's her now. Completely different. Uh, my English class, here we go. My English class I teach in the afternoons. So during the day I'm out with teams and stuff. In the afternoon I go out and teach English. And um, I said, when the dengue fever hit, I, when I teach English, these guys aren't Christians, these kids aren't from Christian families. I pray at the beginning, I pray at the end. They don't know what I'm praying, they don't understand, they come sometimes laugh and kind of mock a little bit, they didn't understand. When dengue fever hit and half my students were disappearing, I'm like, where are my students? They go, oh, they've got dengue fever. So let's pray for them. Oh, all of a sudden they take quiet and they, they let, let me pray for the, the sick. And I go and visit them at their homes and pray for them. And if you see this change in the kids, that all of a sudden, before they were laughing and mocking, they stopped going, when I said it's time to pray, can you pray for me? I've got a sore arm. Can you pray for me? I've got a headache. I've got a cold. And they start asking for prayer and they start reaching out to God. This is shining a light. It's not being afraid to go, can I pray? They might not understand and believe, but I'm just going to keep doing that because I'm shining a light. There's another family that I visit that we were, we were worshipping at her house because the, the grandmother um, was a believer and we'd worship at the house and the two granddaughters would worship with us. 
the grandmother died, and after that, the kind of because the two granddaughters weren't, they were believers but not strong, and they weren't showing much interest in in, in worshiping. They just wanted to talk and whatever. And so some of the other guys were kind of like, well, we've got other things to do, so they left that. I felt like God said, keep going. So I'd keep visiting this family. I'd pray with them because the mother also believed in Jesus, just the father doesn't. The father was very much, no, I'm, I'm Chinese, I do my ancestral worship, that's what I do. The daughter, one of the daughters got dengue fever. She ended up in hospital, nearly dying because she lost a lot of blood. She was obviously very affected by the, 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 the platelets and lost a lot of blood. She was very, very sick and the parents were afraid and I went to visit her in the hospital. And I prayed with her, gave her some money. After she came out of hospital, I went and saw her again. And even the father, the father's turning around to me and going, no one, not even family, no one came to the hospital to visit her da- their daughter, only you. And his heart starts to open because he's seen the light of Christ. He's saying, I don't just say it, I do it. I go out and I visit. And I go and help and I pray with them and I encourage them. And they're like, no one else is doing that, but only you. And they they, they keep commenting on that. They keep saying that. And I know, they're seeing the light of Christ. And you know, we are all called. Not all of you are called to come to Cambodia or other countries, but we're all called to shine a light. And I challenge you today, think outside the box. It may mean going to visit someone in a hospital or just noticing someone or acknowledging or saying hello, being friendly, kindness. All these things show light to people who are in darkness. And we don't know because there's so much depression and anxiety around. You don't know what person needs just that little lift, just a smile and a hi. I see you. I, re- I see you. It can be enough to touch a heart. And to raise them up and go, oh, there's something to spark them to see a light. You know, we, we share the gospel with our words, but we share it with who we are. We shine a light. That's what I do in Cambodia. I'm there to shine a light. And I see the power of the light of Jesus Christ, of his gospel, of his salvation. I encourage you guys to, to think of that. But I also... You know, what I, I go to Cambodia as a missionary. I don't know if you guys know much about long-term missionaries. There's not a lot of Australians that, you know, certainly in the CRC, that go in long-term. That, that they do from Papua New Guinea, from Philippines. But here, I don't have an income. I rely on the church. Now, the, the church in Cambodia, they don't have money. They're supported. They don't have money to pay me. And so what I do, and that's one of the reasons why I'm here today, is I need people to support me. I need people to make commitments to say, yeah, you know what? I'm happy to put $20 a month towards a ministry that you do. I can't go myself. And I know there's a, there's a bunch of older ladies at Southeastern, and they're beautiful. They're like, oh, I can't go. I, I want to go, Rebecca. But I'll, I'll give you the money. You can go. You do. And that's what we need, you know. We need your prayer. Oh, please, your prayer. Because we are fighting every day against the darkness but also we need support financially and uh, I have uh, brochures today that's what she was reading out of before that um, I, I have a few to give out 
come and see me afterwards. I'll, hand, I'll give you one of these. Think about it. Maybe God's even just challenging your heart now to be a part with what I do, to partner with me. Even though you can't go, you can be a part of it. Because everyone who supports me, whether it's through prayer, finances, you are a part of the ministry of what I do. And what others do, whether it's this ministry or other missions too, you're a part of it. If you're putting money in it, you're a part of it. If you're praying for the people, you're a part of that. We're all together. And, um, and so I'm yeah, still looking for support. So if, if you're here today and you're like going, Rebecca, I'd really love to be able to help you out. That would be really great, really um, appreciated. Come and see me. There is a, a form inside that, that you can fill out that just talk, if you want to commit, make a commitment to, to supporting me. Um, and you can do that today and, fill, and give it back to me. If you want to think about it, that's okay, but I need to, yeah, it's, oh, I won't be here. So. <laughs> but you, have to, you can give them to Andrew, Andrew, um, Pastor Andrew, if you want to. If you don't do it today, but you can give it to him and he'll pass them on. Um, but yeah, so I want to just challenge you guys. That's a challenge I'll leave you with is to be a light today, that we are a light. Be a part of it. Get behind those others who are and, and do it yourself. Just find ways. Ask God to show you. Now that we just pray together, and they pray, just ask God, God, show me what I can do, how I can do it. Is there someone that you can shine a light to? Or what ways God would have you to shine a light in the community around you? Maybe you are already, and you want different ways. But how about we just pray right now and just seek God for them? Lord God, we just thank you that, that you love this world so much. That right from the beginning, Lord, your plan was to send your son. That your plan was to shine light in this dark world. Lord, we thank you that we have seen that light. Lord, that we know the truth. That we have that in our lives. That you have saved us. But Lord, I pray, Lord, pray for those who don't know you. Lord, may they see your light. We come against the darkness. Lord, we stand against it. May we push back that darkness with the light that you have given us. Lord, I pray, Lord God, for those of us here who know you, Lord God, help us to shine the light. Give us the courage, the strength, the wisdom, the love, the kindness. Lord, to be able to shine your light through our lives, through our words, to those around us. That we might see the light overpower the darkness. And Lord God, we pray for this country, Australia. Lord, a country that is, in, that is in darkness. Lord, we pray for your light to continue to grow. Lord, through every person in this country that is, knows you. Lord, we pray that their lights will shine so bright. Lord God, that the darkness cannot stand it. Lord, I pray for every Christian to stand up with strength, with courage for your, for your gospel. But Lord, even Cambodia... Lord, we pray for all those captives that are captive to idol worship, to worshiping their spirits. Lord, we pray for freedom. Lord, you came to set the captives free. And we pray for freedom. Lord, for the people who are in darkness, who are in hopelessness. We pray for healing power, your victory working power to work in that nation. Lord, from the top of the government right down to the last person, from the oldest to the youngest. Lord, may we see in this world your light, your victory rising up through every Christian, every church. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Yeah. Selwyn or?